Testing. Testing. And we're back. We are back. So, on our last episode... Oh, wait, we didn't introduce ourselves. I'm Kayla. And I'm Harrison. And we won't shut up. Not at all. That's for damn sure. Mm Mm-hmm. On our last episode, we watched a really disturbing movie, and we were like, this time we're going to watch something funny. And we landed on a just a really compelling comedy from <laughs> the late 80s, I believe. This is from the from the 80s. Can I just back up in our lives a little bit? This 1989. Was 1989, the year... Of our Lord and Savior. Kayla was born, not I, Harrison. I was born in a different year that I forget. Um, but not... <laughs> 86. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, correct me if I'm wrong. This movie we just watched, which is called Parents, was in the comedy section of Amazon Prime. This is a 1989 Canadian-American black comedy horror film. There was nothing black comedy about this. I mean... This was just, what if the death of the dead sacred deer Part two. was set in the 1950s and there was cannibalism? Yes. Roger Ebert rated it <laughs> two out of four stars, writing that the film's tone never satisfyingly settles on satire, comedy, or horror. <laughs> <laughs> I had to agree with that. That was just a, that was just a horror movie. I feel like I, I went in the wrong way. It's going to be difficult. It's going to be hard to, to review this because I was, every moment I kept thinking, so when is this going to get funny? <laughs> yes. So Parents is, as we said, a 1989 film mm-hmm. um, directed by Bob Balaban. And it is, uh, <laughs> takes place in the 50s. Yes. And there are three main characters. (laughs) It's a mom, a dad, and a son. And they've just moved to a new town. And they're really creepy. (laughs) Yeah. And the pacing of the movie is a little weird. Yes. Um, We watched another slow movie. Yes. I don't... How could we have... How are movies ever not like this? This is we're this is we're trapped in this cycle now. We're trapped in a cycle. This is going to be the movies we watch for the rest of our lives. Yeah. <laughs> um. So in the movie, Randy Quaid. Who's is, he? I mean, I know, I know who he is because he's got a name that I recognize and his face looks familiar. But like, what's he Dennis in? Dennis Quaid's dad. Dennis um, Quaid's dad. Is it? I don't know. I'll look it up. Okay. Thank Randy you. Quaid was married to Madonna for a while, and he was, or sorry, <laughs> Roseanne. And <laughs> that is was, <laughs> a different person. He was on the Roseanne show. Okay. Um, but he's not John Goodman. I repeat, not, wait. No, he's not John Goodman. He's kind of like a revolting person, I think. Which one? Randy Quaid? Oh, you, yeah. know, what, you know who I'm from is um, uh, the Christmas movie. Isn't that him? Yeah. A Christmas Story? Um, uh, Santa Claus. Sa- no. <laughs> Christmas Vacation. He's the Chevy Chase's Christmas Vacation. Oh. Up and they, stay, they stay in a trailer. Yeah. Vaguely. Yes. 
Um, so, this, who is in the woman? I don't really know who she is, but. She looked like someone who would have been in John Waters' movies. Yes, and this movie definitely has the feeling that it's trying to achieve, like, tonally something like. It like feels a John Waters movie almost? Or David Lynch. Like, it's very. Mm hmm. Um, it's very specific and stylized. It is. It reminded me of um, Edward Scissorhands in terms of like what people in the 80s thought the 50s were. Yes. And when did that come out, Edward Scissorhands? 94, maybe? No, was it the 80s? Play Along at Home. It was 1990. Oh, so a year after this movie. This blockbuster it's like everyone who grew up in the 50s was like i'm gonna make a weird fucking movie about this when i'm older and then they did oh my god this is so this is crazy it had a budget of three million dollars three million for what <laughs> i guess the set the decor that's um, crazy there's no way that movie could have been made for i mean Whatever the price is to, to get all of those old-fashioned cars. Because everything else wasn't that... Hmm. Shocking. Yeah, it, it only grossed $870,000. Because it's the weirdest movie! What did we just watch? I will say, though, uh, the, <laughs> the, the kid in it... I, so throughout this movie, once I realized this wasn't a comedy, which took me a hot second, I don't know exactly at what point, but at some point I was like, oh no, I just need to be thinking of this as a horror movie. And then I thought, if we're watching another horror movie <laughs> where just everything is shitty and terrible and everyone dies and everyone's evil, I can't do it. I can't do it. But that wasn't, that's not necessarily what this was. So that was heartening. Because the kid was very sweet. The, the child was the saving grace of the movie. Yes. So basically he finds out that his parents are cannibals. And he's got this freak little girlfriend. <laughs> and she shows up at his house and causes him a lot of distress. And, <laughs> and eventually... And then <laughs> Eventually it's revealed that they are cannibals... Mm -hmm. He's a, some sort of scientist. He has access to he. I think he might bodies. You're right. It was like, is he a mortician? Is he some sort of scientist that experiments on bodies? I, I don't know. Did you do you watch Bob's Burgers? Mm -hmm. You know how the first episode was like the premise at first was that the first episode of Bob's Burgers is that the people in their little town think they're cannibals because of that health inspector who doesn't like Bob. Oh, he yes. starts the rumor about human flesh. Mm -hmm. And in the original pilot of Bob's Burgers, they were actually cannibals. Yes. Yes. So I kind of thought that, that this was going to be like that. The, maybe Bob's Burgers was based off this. Something of that nature, yes. Or that it was going to be like a quirky, like you like the parents even though you know they're cannibals. Right. That's not what happened. No. No. It <laughs> Yeah, it was just a straight-up horror film. Yeah, it really was. Because um, the parents were not charming, especially not the dad. No. 
Um, the mom is kind of charming. A little bit, yeah. And she does have a redeeming moment. Oh, excuse me. It's so late here <laughs> in Alaska. She has a redeeming moment towards the end where she's saving the boy. Yes, after murdering his um, psychology. Or <laughs> the social Psych- worker. The social worker, sorry. <laughs> um, Wait, yeah. I know the exact moment. I just realized it. Speaking of the social worker and then thus the school and the, and the school in general. The moment I realized that this wasn't what I thought it was is when they asked the kids, oh, tell us something new because you're new students. And it was him and his little girlfriend. And the girlfriend makes a, a joke about how she read about a cocktail in one of her parents' books. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, yeah, this is going to be a funny comedy. <laughs> and then the little boy's like, well, if you put a cat in the broiler and then eat its bones, you'll turn invisible. And there's nothing funny about the way he says it or the kids' reactions or the teacher's reactions. He says it very seriously. And it's like, oh, no. <laughs> what is this film we're about to watch? He's a good little actor. I'll he, say that. Yeah. I think he must have been traumatized from being in that movie. Oh, there's, there's a... no way he was No, Behind the scenes, is, I'm sure it was like fun for him to like be flopping around in the blood and whatever. <laughs> well, um, so Harrison, you mentioned that when you were a young person, you saw this film. Yes. Can you speak to that experience? Because I have some theories about how it had has warped you as an adult. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Um, I'm not positive that I saw this movie. I think that I saw this movie because it seems like something my sister would have locked me in my parents' room and forced me to watch. Like... <laughs> just like Critters and The Shining and whatever else she made me watch when I was like six years old. So Shout out. Yeah, <laughs> shout out Shout Courtney. out to Sea Dog. Um, <laughs> so I recently came across this film, I don't know how long ago, maybe it was like two years ago. This when, one or a different this one? This movie when I was perusing Netflix and like the cover struck me and I was like, this looks so familiar. And something about it was like, a repressed memory. Yeah, it was, like, disturbing. And so I watched it, and I was like, holy shit, I've seen this. And it was so disturbing because I'm sure that at the time my sister told me that that was what my parents did. Like, I'm certain <laughs> that when I watched this movie, she was like, you know, mom and dad are cannibals. She probably told me it was a documentary and that I was going to – and that's what we ate every night. I'm sure. Like, I'm sure of it. That's something she would have done. So we, we should, if it wasn't literally the middle of the night, I'd be like, call her up. Yeah. Let her face these accusations. She probably wouldn't even remember. <laughs> she just, like, yeah, she thought she was doing me a favor or something. Um, well, I think I know that you saw this when you were younger. Because I've never seen a film that's so reinforced to me that I don't want to eat meat. Yes. <laughs> I feel the same way. Special guest Carly is here chiming in. Not even yeah, sorry. The, the, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre is sometimes known in like veg circles as like a movie that has like a like a subtle like anti meat eating kind of bent because of the way that like humans are presented as meat and it's like unpleasant, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. This shit was not subtle. This this movie wasn't subtle, but also I don't think I've ever seen because they didn't, they didn't, they didn't make it to look like human meat necessarily. It they was said the livers, although I don't know what livers look 
I, I don't think they I know look what like a that. lip looks uh, like either. But it's like making me nauseous remembering it. But all the food that they ate just kind of looked like it could be steak. I don't know. I haven't eaten meat in 13 years, so I don't know. But uh, it still was so unappetizing. So yeah. if anyone's trying to kick the meat habit, just go ahead and watch Parents. Yeah, it'll you'll, get you. You'll be good. Um, one thing I think this movie does really well, though, like it really captures um, how like your imagination can run away as a child. And then it turns out to be true because your parents are parents. Exactly. Yes. Um, <laughs> but like the ways in which they present the kid's perspective when he's like looking at them and listening and like... Oh, the way he remembers things? The way he remembers things mm -hmm. and like... It's larger than life, obviously, because it's ridiculous, but it's also like the movie feels like, if anything, it's a really accurate depiction of how you remember things as a child. <laughs> like, it's, everything is so embellished. Yeah, sure. And... You have the overwhelming sense that, like, everyone on the planet knows what's going on but you. Right. It's a little like the Truman Show in that way, where mm -hmm. it's like... You know, he talks to the guidance counselor or whatever in a really strange way where he's like, you're not a real adult because real adults aren't afraid. No, I, uh, something about she she admits some sort of a weakness and he's like, oh, I see. You're not a real adult. Oh, she forgot her cigarettes were in her pocket. Something like that. Yes. Yes, you're right. Um, yes, I think that. It, it reminded me a little bit of um, the people under the stairs where it's like manifestations of fears that you have as a child mm -hmm. and like the way the ways that they play with your mind, you know, mm -hmm. there was a lot of like really interesting choices with set and like I like that he slept beneath a picture of the Titanic striking an iceberg. Oh, I didn't even notice that. Like there was just so many weird things. Yeah. <laughs> um, the house was fucking great. I'm sure that's what the whole budget went to, was building that house. Yes. Um, I want every piece of furniture from this movie. You have those chairs. I do have some Eames chairs. Also, you designed the couch that we're sitting on to look like that couch. That's true. <laughs> this movie really impacted me, as you can tell. For years. <laughs> I've been thinking about all the furniture. I see it. Um, yeah, it also, is... the part was really... There's like a part when they're at a f business partner's house having dinner. And like, did you interpret it that Randy Quaid poured that on her dress so that they would leave? I interpreted... Or he was just drunk. Randy Quaid pouring like an entire jug of Long Island iced teas on his wife's lap as a weird deliberate thing, like a weird sex thing, honestly. Oh. Because he poured it right on her lap. And there was just something about the way he was. It was a very creepy scene. It was a creepy scene. And actually, it was very effective as, because meanwhile, the little boy is watching that that sense of, like, you know, watching your parents be inebriated is, like, scary. Yeah. Like, watching your parents be drunk is scary. And it's almost like that's why he then goes to the social worker and is like, oh, I'm starting to figure out this thing about adults. Because yeah. I've seen adults be drunk, and now I've seen you mess up, and you don't know where your cigarettes are, and you don't know what's going on. Right. But he's like, what? I mean, this kid is like seven. Yeah. <laughs> right? And I he mean, doesn't know. That's the thing that's like call, 
is questionable the whole time. You're like, does he know they're cannibals? Mm -hmm. Because it's not very overt that they are. I mean, it's like, I I have a feeling that if we hadn't read the description, we would. That's another. So I wish I hadn't gone into this film thinking this is definitely a comedy. Right. And I also wish we hadn't because right in the description on Amazon, it's like cannibal parents. Car- cannibal parents. Yeah. Which is kind of like a huge spoiler because if you didn't know that, then it would maybe be more effective as like a, a horror movie based on that feeling you have when you're a kid. Yeah. About because that's like all, all over this movie for me. It's yeah. about like fear of finding out something about your parents or something. Mm-hmm. Um, or like nefarious. My mom had a trunk in her room growing up that she always kept locked mm-hmm. because it was full of human meat. I assume. because it was <laughs> full of rotting flesh. <laughs> uh, no, it was full of like candy and presents for Christmas and just like things she didn't want us to find. Mm-hmm. But there's. So I, I grew up with, like, understanding that there was, like, a secret that I wasn't allowed in on mm-hmm. and was, like, probably afraid of many times because I didn't know what was in there. My sister probably made up all kinds of shit because she tortured <laughs> me as a child. Um, this is just a therapy session for me. I, I, that's fine. I'm a licensed clinical <laughs> psychiatrist. So, <laughs> yeah, I think this movie resonates with me because it, First of all, I mean, I, I probably saw this movie and it had a lasting impact. Um, and it's just weird. It was the first time I watched it, I was like, it wasn't creepy because of the content. It was creepy because I like, I don't, it's like unlocking a repressed memory. Mm-hmm. It's just a really weird sensation. Like maybe if you watch, like I haven't watched many Disney films mm-hmm. since I was a child. Yes. And I wonder like if I rewatched like Lion King, for example. If I would be like, I would have the same feeling or something. I don't want to give away all my industry secrets, but Tell The us. Lion King is a, is a go-to science film. So I watch it at least once a year. <laughs> <laughs> it's good for predator prey. Oh. Okay, and ecosystems and deforestation and stuff. It's very educational. So, But any other Disney movie, yes. <laughs> I would agree. Yeah, like, I don't know, The Lady and the Tramp or something. Yes, I definitely haven't seen that since I was a kid. Did you ever watch, I don't know the exact title, I think it was called Nemo and Slumberland? What? Oh my god. Wait, Carl. Little Nemo. Is it it called Little Nemo? If it was about Slumberland, Carly knows. (laughs) I'm about to be in Slumberland, y'all. No, oh my god, we're both right. It's called Little Nemo Adventures in Slumberland. And wow. it too came out in 1989, and I, this is my version of this film. So when I was l- oh like, oh my the, god, I recognize this cover. Yes, that feeling you have of watching parents—that's little me and 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 little Nemo. And it's also about a little boy, but it's like a fantasy land where like I don't even freaking know. But there's all sorts of stuff that like as a kid scared the absolute crap out of me. Like, there's a scene where he's on a bed, and I think he's in the ocean for some reason. Yeah, I remember that scene, too. Horrifying. Mm-hmm, very scary. And the thing about Little Nemo is that he is in some sort of a fantasy world. Like, I'm looking at a picture right now, and I'm remembering he's, like, his, what, his friend is, like, a princess. He's got a sugar glider. There's a possibly unfortunate caricature character here. I don't know who that guy is. Some sort of a clown. Anywho, um... But then parents, as a as a foil to this, is is set up like a real a real story. It's not a fantasy of a little boy. 
It's what the little boy's going through. Yeah, but it's presented in a way that's very, like, dramatic. So, you know, you think that he might be embellishing it or that everything is not as it seems. Mm-hmm. Like, I really... Huh. Excuse me, we're so tired, y'all. Um, I really like how there's certain elements, like, they were really effective, like, when they were sitting around the dinner table... Mm-hmm. And they swapped the regular table that they had shown up until that point yeah. with an extremely long table. They did. And so it's like, that it just feels larger than life. Like, from the kids' perspective, it feels like That's... this house is so big, everything is so big. And in the part when he's when they tie him up at the table, mm-hmm. and the whole table and the three actors are on an axis that's spinning, and the rest of the house is, like stable Mm -hmm. so like from the camera's perspective they're kind of like swinging around the room almost Mm -hmm. um there's so many effective and interesting stylistic choices that i feel like are strong it was of this very strange movie i almost wish it had pushed it a little further because you're right some of the best moments of this movie were the 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 way it was referencing how you remember things especially as a little kid so if you're in a you you come in as an adult observer with the standard shot over the table, it's a very small kitchen table. And then when you're coming from the point of view of the child, it becomes this very intimidating and enormous kitchen table. Like the way you remember a dream. Yeah. Like, well, somehow it was our real kitchen table, but in another way, yeah. it was impossibly long. And I, I feel like they could have pushed it. Like, not, not into, like, late 90s Tim Burton situation of absurdity, but just, like kind of gone for it a little more yeah and that would have been really effective Mm -hmm. because that's like that's the whole crux of this movie yeah is is being a kid and being paranoid and not being sure what's going on and remembering things what a weird fucking movie we should have watched shrek 2 (laughs) (laughs) we'll watch shrek 2 next okay skip the first one and go right to the fucking party (laughs) because because i don't remember what happens in the first shrek joke I think about Shrek all the time, as I assume we all do. Yeah, just because of the Smash Mouth song, but mm. yeah. yeah. I mean, mostly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, what else is there to say about this movie? I don't oh, even no. know. I almost feel like it was a dream. There was a part where I almost fell asleep, and now I feel like I dreamed this film up. And we're talking about little Nemo in Slumberland. I don't think this, this episode's happening. <laughs> this isn't real. No, it's really not. Oh, my God. Everything is imaginary. Oh, God. Um... <laughs> Anyone listening? Sorry about Has anyone seen Parrots? 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 Let's have a remake of this film featuring Parrots. And call it Step Parents. No, Parrots. Oh, Parrots. Parrots, 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 just Parrots. Oh, God, yes. (laughs) Our favorite store in downtown Alaska. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um. (laughs) Shot for shot remake with the Parrots. I'm in. I love that. Done. Well, I can't be in it because only parrots are allowed in it. But mm. you know what movie? <laughs> you know what movie takes all of this, but is actually just a good standard horror movie? Is that Stepfather movie? Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah, oh, we love that. That's a great movie with the guy from Lost. Yeah. Um. Yeah, this is fantastical. Like. Yeah. <laughs> that movie is. If you want, if you're like, oh, this is an interesting premise. Just right. watch Stepfather. You don't need to watch if Parents. If you love Parents, you're going to love Stepfather. 
<laughs> if you like parents, we've got a lot of questions. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to know why. <laughs> um, I yeah. I yeah. Stylistically, I was on board. Oh, you know what? The music was weird as hell. The music was very strange. And I forgot to mention that when we were talking about the sacred death of the Lone Star <laughs> Beetle. <laughs> um, I think you mean... Go ahead and say it. I think you mean the large amount of semen. <laughs> oh my God, stop. No. The, From his death. The Sacrificial Deer movie. That also had like a really over-the-top soundtrack that just made me feel like, yeah. what's happening? This movie was definitely effective in its discomfort. There were so many fascinating shots, too. Like, not, well, fascinating is probably the wrong word. <laughs> there was a lot of effective close-ups that made you super uncomfortable. Yes. Uh, like of Randy Quaid's sweat and um, mm -hmm. the parents making out or whatever they were doing on the living room floor. When they may or may not have been covered in blood and or oh, they were. the mom's lipstick. You stepped out for a second. Did I? He had a flashback, I guess. And his parents were... Oh, that, yeah. Okay, so right before they go to the house... Uh-huh. Spoiler alert, if we haven't spoiled it for you already. <laughs> um, the social worker takes the boy to the house because mm -hmm. she keeps asking him to place himself in the dream and tell her what, she see, what he sees. Mm -hmm. And it plays out visually what he sees. And it's his parents, Randy Quaid has a blanket full of meat. Oh! That he, like, shuffles onto the ground. Wait, in the bed? I'm sorry. No, in the Is... living room with all the sheets on the ground. Okay. Where he discovers them the one time. Okay, and, and, and but is it still kind of like a creepy, perverted thing? Yeah, they were, like, rubbing meat all over each other. <laughs> yeah, it's truly a remarkable go scene. go veg people <laughs> um horrifying yeah, so many interesting <laughs> i there's a part where the dad is in the factory talking with his coworker, and they're talking about these i don't even know i want to say like uh biochemical weapons coming from a plane oh yeah and then he has, what like, What the hell? Little, that was so weird. There was a little, like, glass case with no lid on it. Uh-huh. Where a tiny helicopter <laughs> flies by and sprays the stuff on the, what you assume is just, like, that fake grass shit you buy for sets. Yeah. it looks like a little set. Uh-huh. It cuts away to something else in the room, and the kid being told to make opportunities out of plastic or something. He's like, look at this pen. It's made of chemicals. If you just rearrange the chemicals in this pen, it would be, I don't even know what he says, something absolutely absurd. A million dollars. And the camera turns back to end the scene, and all of the, like, little bush the little, pieces of the, the armature have melted set. into mud. Yeah. Uh. What was this movie? What were you thinking, whoever directed this? Which, what he said was, we could use these as weapons, and when a monsoon comes in, if it gets really wet, it activates the things that we drop, and then it all turns oh, to sludge. And then, yeah. But they never made the forest wet in the little jar thing they that, had. But also, it's also so confusing because, what, this guy works for some sort of, like, biotech weaponry government thing, and then the next moment... It's called, like, Toxocorp. Oh, yeah, it is. 
God, it is. You're right. It was called Toxico. Like Toxico. Toxico. Oh, my God. I don't think this movie happened. I don't think this movie happened. Oh, it happened. I just don't know. Um. <laughs> Carly is here to, to put me back on Earth. Um, I guess the real question we're left with is, is the little girl really from the moon? <laughs> she might as well be. Because that little kid believed it very easily. She's a fucking creep. She was trying to get sexy. And I was like, that's not an okay thing. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's inferred that her parents are alcoholics. And so therefore she's an alcoholic because she's like seven. Oh, yes. And she was like drinking wine. Yeah, but she, why was she making him take his shirt off? I don't know. Because it's, I mean, of course, it was very uncomfortable. I feel like we're in the habit now of only watching the most uncomfortable films. And I don't know <laughs> that I don't know that there are movies like I feel like I'm an alien who like came down and was like, oh, humans make movies. That's interesting. Why? And then I've watched <laughs> two of them and I'm like, oh, humans just want to feel awful all the time. They want to. They don't want to go outside. They just want to second guess every interaction they've ever had and every person they've ever met. Yeah. That's about where I'm at. I mean, with that, I feel like we should do our scores. I'm ready for it. You go first. I want to give this film a two out of six. And why is that? Because I was actually hovering around a three. And then I've just so thoroughly picked it apart just now. I agree with Roger Ebert, may he rest in peace, about how this film doesn't know if it's supposed to be a satire or a dark comedy or a horror movie. And so in the end, you're just like, what? Because I don't know that it was the purpose was to disturb you. I think they were trying to make something kind of kitschy. Like, you know what I mean? I feel like this guy was trying to make a John Waters film. Really? I That was my impression, and he just didn't know how. And I'm also, I assume this director's a dude. Yeah. Bob Ballamy. Oh, right. You said that earlier. And then you explained <laughs> to me who he was, and then you showed me a picture. <laughs> that all happened. Yes. So, yeah, two out, of, two out of six. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't... I, yeah, it wasn't a great piece of cinema. It was disturbing, and it it's was... generous to even call it a piece of cinema. <laughs> Wait. Well, Carly's got some opinions, clearly. Do, but first I need your rating, because I... Did did you also give uh, the the dead shroud of a hunted deer? <laughs> did you give that film a three like I did? Yes. Because you've just been copying me. Well, I'm not giving this a two. Okay. I don't know that I would give it a three though. Uh... <laughs> it's almost like we should have allowed halves. Yeah, I'm gonna give it a half point. You can't. <laughs> you absolutely cannot. <laughs> um, I think I'm gonna give it. I don't know. I'll give it a three out of six. It was, it was weird, but it was like fun. I mean, it was lighthearted and all the things that you want from a movie about cannibals, cannibal parents with a weird little kid. I don't think it was lighthearted. Go ahead, Carly. I want to hear you, girl. I regret giving <laughs> the sacred deer a one because I this movie deserves a one. Sacred Deer, I would retroactively like to boost to a two. <laughs> yeah. 
You can't. It at least had a plot. This movie was it so... Had a plot. I mean, it did have a plot, and it did have a bit more of a resolution. I don't know. I, uh, no, I, this one gets a one from me also. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. This is not Carly's cup of tea. <laughs> Although I am the one who picked both of these. <laughs> you just, you've been knocking them out of the park. I have really bad taste. I don't think you do. I think that Amazon's genre sections are conspiring against you, because I swear to God, not only was this in the comedy <laughs> section, but I feel like it was under one of those dumb subsections that was called Lots of Laughter. Do you guys, am I making this up? No, you're making, you're making it up. No, it was like guffaws guaranteed. <laughs> I am not. I don't. It was like, you'll shit your pants over this <laughs> hilarious comedy <laughs> about the dynamics of a family. <laughs> You thought that last one was weird. Well, get ready to laugh your butt off. <laughs> if you liked chasing a sacred deer, you're going to love fucking parents. Parents. Yeah. I swear, I'm going to, someday when I'm functioning, I'm going to go back and I'm going to look at this. You're going to watch this movie again. No, I am most certainly not. But I am going to double check the sections and I'm going to find gallons of giggles. Which it may have been called, <laughs> just to prove it to everyone. Like that. It I really know, was. I know what you're about. Thank you. You're welcome. Y'all are just, you know what? Still don't understand that your parents fed you people growing up. <laughs> and it shows. Everyone who's listening to this episode needs to get on the insta, on the instas, and tell us what movie you watched as a child that and, fucked you up, like that parents. you repressed, and then when you see an image from it, you're like, ah. Uh, why does this make me feel bad? Oh, no. <laughs> I better revisit. Because <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I want to watch Little Nemo, and I'm positive the whole time I'm gonna be like, oh no. <laughs> oh no, oh no. I didn't feel similarly as the last time I watched this. Like it didn't. There wasn't. In fact, like. That's because Sacred Deer broke you. <laughs> Sacred Deer broke me. No, in fact, it was the opposite. Like the whole time, I was like, I don't honestly remember what's gonna happen next. Like, as though I didn't watch this movie completely sober, like, a year ago. <laughs> uh, if that says anything, I don't know. I definitely didn't remember, like, I didn't remember the social worker at all. <laughs> I mean, she was I, like, kind maybe of I, Maybe I didn't even finish it. Maybe I just started it and I was like, whoa. My sister made me watch this. I actually think that this film only exists right now. Yeah. I think the people We're going to come back. This episode is going to disappear after we post well, it. Well, after people are going to listen to this episode and they're going to be like looking it up and they're going to be like, did they mean the parent trap? Or yeah. like. If you like the parent trap, you're going <laughs> to love parents. There's no such movie as the parents. There's no such person as Randy Quaid. <laughs> <laughs> None of this is freaking real. He definitely didn't marry Madonna. He didn't. We determined that. <laughs> right? Oh, God. It was Roseanne, Roseanne. But Reality is melting before my very eyes. It's true. It over here, too. Wait, so what did you give it? A one? Yeah. Carly gave it a one. I, I gave it a three. I gave it a two. One, two, three. It's a rainbow of numbers. Yeah. I just want to put on the record that I'm only under the influence of one white claw. I mean, I had one like five hours ago, and then I had this one just now. Yeah, and I just, it was. I a just party. need everyone to understand. It was a party. That I'm not drunk. Oh. Even though I sound. You're definitely it. drunk. I'm sleepy drunk. 
Yes, we all are. Because it's Alaska. It's it's that season up here in Alaska where the sun doesn't ever go down. It's uh, in downtown Alaska. In downtown Alaska. (laughs) The sun just kind of arcs over and then it never goes anywhere. It's the opposite of 30 days of night. Oh. Some may call that 30 days of day. (laughs) It's midsummer is what it comes down to. You need to go see midsummer. (laughs) All right. Well, Well, with that. Yeah. Thank you for for sharing that that film from from your childhood with me. You're very welcome. I feel great about it. (laughs) Um, Definitely going to watch it again next year and maybe I'll remember something. I think that in 30 years from now, I'm going to be remembering the deer hunted of the sacred butts. And I'm going to be like. I'm going to have a similar feeling. You're going to try and look that movie up, and you're not going to be able to remember the title. No, I'm not. you crazy. You're going to be like, it's something about a deer and a dad getting jerked off by his son. And with with that, goodbye, listeners. (laughs) Adios. I love you.